Hey everybody, and welcome to a, an episode of Industry Relations with Rob and Greg. I know it's been a really freaking long time, but we got a special treat for you today because I'm sitting in the room with Greg. So hopefully, I'm not gonna bust out laughing. When、uh, how you doing, Greg? Hello, Rob. <laughs> <laughs> right, you got me anyway. God damn you! Aniyozeo, aniyasimika. Yeah. All right. Konnichiwa. <laughs> Could try and go for it all, I guess. Yeah, exactly, dude. This is so nice to be actually like looking at you. Well, no, we're. Ha- I mean, we're just、yeah. to give everybody a little frame of reference. We're in Las Vegas. I'm here attending this future real estate event being put on. It's being put on by Carol Williams, but they don't want it to be that way. Which is anyway, that's a whole other story. <laughs>、um, Stealth Williams. But I thought, you know, well, Rob, this is great. We moved out here, so、mm-hmm. we、uh, we went and had some great Korean barbecue last night. That's right, we did.、Um, what's what's the name of that place? It's good. Hobak, H O B A K. If you're ever in Las Vegas and you want to experience、oh, legit, 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 genuine、yeah. food, we had of some of that、uh, fortified wine, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> we had some soju because that's a, that's a requirement. Nineteen percent, just so people <laughs> just go for the good stuff. And、uh, no, this is fantastic. So、yeah. I had a break here between、uh, the next. Round of pitches at this pitch fest I'm going to, and、uh, I'm glad we can make this、uh, yeah. live. Yeah, I'm glad too. I mean, it's it's wonderful to have you in Masite. Yeah, yeah. So, um, lots been going on, and、uh, this should be the、uh, the holiday special edition. That's of right, because you know, the fact is, like, you and I both got super busy. Yeah, and we, I think the last time we did this was in October. Like, we just skipped over the month in November. Yeah, well,、right? uh, you know, NAR, a lot of things going That's on right. in November, right? I mean, and of course, you know, holidays with holidays, Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving yeah. yeah, small things like that. It's, it's, it's well, let's just you know, before we go into this, I really do have an agenda for what I want to talk about here. Okay, and that's going to be. Looking back at this past decade in organized real estate, Ooh, decade, and I'd like to like、uh, get your opinion on what the biggest things about this decade has brought organized real estate. Decade,、um, it's a long time, man. Yeah, well, I mean, we're going a new decade, right? I know. So, and then, but, but before that, I think you hit on it. Well, let's talk about a little bit of the、uh, NAR and the eight dot zero, right?、Uh, Clear cooperation, cooperation policy, policy right. right? So it passed. We know it that,、passed. right? I think we decided to call it Ocho, didn't we? Ocho, yeah, yeah. Ocho. The Ocho, yeah. yeah. So to me, it was interesting to me as we we were talking about it, and then when Bright got a letter from Compass saying,、That's、"Hey,、right. if you pull this off, we're going to sue you. We're、yeah. going to sue you, right?"、Yeah. And I thought, "Man, this is losing a little bit of momentum."、Mm-hmm. But then what I started to see happen, and I think, I mean, I've been talking about, we've been talking on the podcast, but I hadn't really seen hit hit the mainstream was. Bringing in fair housing into、mm-hmm. the discussion, and Bright's letter in response back to "quote unquote" Corey of Compass, you know, mentioned fair housing,、right. and and then I started to see kind of this fair housing、um, narrative start showing up in a lot of other places. Well, that's because Long Island Newsday thing. Well, that was afterwards. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, it was afterwards. Right. So it's、uh, another thing. Yeah, it's perfect timing.、Um, yeah. yeah. But then I thought, okay, well, no, the, there was no momentum losing. And it started ramping up again as far as for passage, and then it did pass, right? So,、yeah. any thoughts about do we make the right move here? Because it was close to unanimous. I thought it was pretty close. You know, I mean, look, I've already slaughtered many thousands of pixels. I think talking about this particular issue, we'll see. And you know, look, man, like you and I might have to do another show in the new year, you know, or、yeah. before then, like depending on what ends up happening. Fact is, I'm glad they passed something. Yeah, but that office exclusion is a big, giant, gaping hole. I mean, I don't know how else、yeah. to put it. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. we'll see. I mean, I'm I'm now you have to see、concerned. how MLSs are going to actually execute this, right? Because I know Wright has already <clears throat> said they're going to do it, but they they had a five thousand dollar penalty on That's it. That's right. And they're delaying the implementation of that. So I think MLS has got to figure out how to put this right. The, the yeah. But like I said, I mean, I think. You know, it depends on who you are, right? So if you're HAR, for example, if you're Houston, your largest broker has like less than six percent market share. You know, you don't care. If you're Milwaukee, you know, Shore West has something like thirty-five percent market share. I can't remember what the number is. It's gigantic. If you're Minneapolis, three brokers have you know like fifty, sixty percent market share. If those guys say, you know what, every single listing we have is an office exclusive, what do you do? Yeah. You know, the MLS can't do squat about that. So I kind of feel like. This is something that maybe NAR is going to have to go back and re-examine, you know, and maybe take out the whole language about office. This doesn't affect office exclusives, or it's like, I don't know how they're going to go about that. 
But you're right. I think the MLS is probably going to focus on things like, do we have well, a coming status? if it's truly an office exclusive, then they're not going to advertise on Zillow anyway, right? Correct. So, right. But so I, right. I, I don't think it's, you know, in some cases, it, it's not going to be that big of a deal. No, nah, because it's not about advertising on Zillow. It really isn't, right? It's just about, anyway, that's, yeah. we could do a whole show on that. Yeah, I've yeah. already slaughtered well, many okay. thousands of pixels so, on So it. let's 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 segue into, yeah. before we get into the decade in review, as I want to say. <laughs> um, We're going to talk about holiday the extravaganza. That's right. Extravaganza show. This really kind of really dovetails into this Newsday yes, um, investigation Long in on Long Island. I forget when this hit the wires, but man, did it did it just uh, – it was a bombshell. Correct. Right? Correct. And this is – if anybody hasn't uh, checked it out, it's a uh, newspaper. It's called Newsday. Newsday. It's yep. in – now, you're from Long Island. I'm from I, Long Island. I didn't, yeah. I didn't even know yeah, that. It's, yeah. it's called Long Island Divided. Mm-hmm. And basically, it's a three-year investigation that these guys did undercover – Using you know hidden cameras, you know recording equipment, and uh, they're going through the whole process, their methodology. But fact is, the methodology that they used is legit, and it's what like the federal government uses when they want to find out if there's you know disparate impact discrimination happening. Right. They documented everything, so this is pretty ironclad. It's pretty I yeah, mean, it's pretty devastating. It's pretty it's, devastating. It's sad too. It's tragic. It's sad. Mm-hmm. I was really pissed off about it. And I think it's going to have real reverberations. Yeah, you know, and I don't think we've see, we've only just started to see the first waves, but I think we're, this is going to become a real major problem. Yeah, yeah, and it's just sad to kind of um, see this stuff. They re- you know did That's a lot right. of recordings. That's right, hidden hidden camera recordings and things right. like that. And uh, I think you know, to me, some of the more egregious things was like you know asking wouldn't take an African American person looking for houses. Without them first getting pre-qualified, that's but right. For a a, a white shopper, um, yeah. shopper, and and this to me dovetails into nicely, not nicely, but unfortunately with the uh, to me Ocho, the right. policy number eight, because as we were talking about, fair housing was becoming a topic on it, and and if if you can if you can see what's happening now without, and these were not private networks, right, happening with the these are pu- story. The, this these is a public. MLS this is exactly data, yeah. how they're doing it now, right? So. Yeah. You can only imagine how bad it would be or how bad it is with private networks, right? When when you're trying to find the quote unquote right people, mm-hmm. right? Um, mm-hmm. So a lot to, lot to learn, really unfortunate. It just, as much as I love this industry and, you know, I think both of us have tried to kind of give back, man, it's just, a, it was a punch in the stomach a little bit. You it, know? it was. And, you know, like what, I said, I grew up in Long Island, you know, and I grew up in, yeah, I mean, for lack of a better term, we'll call it, we'll have to call it the ghetto. I lived. I grew up in Hempstead, and right across one street is Garden City, and I think I put up the image on my, on the blog post that I did about this because I remember walking down that street. And I was like maybe ten years old, thinking like, how come that side of the street is so much cleaner and nicer? Right, right. So yeah, and then to find out it that it might be because of these racist policies yeah. or racist steering or whatever. I mean, it's a you know, I mean, it's. Yeah, it, that one got personal, right? Yeah, yeah. So we'll see what what we end up doing. Um, I, so far, I think the the response from some of the brokerages has been it's tepid weak. From it's NAR weak ass. And it's, it's weak ass. It's cowardly. I mean, I, I I'm sorry. Like you know, these are people that I respect. These are friends of mine. But you know, and maybe their lawyers are telling them all kinds of shit. But you know, at some point, you got to stand up and be like, this is completely unacceptable. Yeah. You know, a good example is like James Wiggins, who we know, mm-hmm. right, who's CEO of Next Home. Came out unequivocal. You know, it's like this is not acceptable. If you engage in any practice like this, you're fired. That that's it. You know, so we'll see. I mean, I I'm, I mean, I think it shows some of the flaws in the uh, independent contractor model. Totally, um, totally it shows some of the flaws of like, uh, you know, training. I don't know. I mean, I, I spend a lot of time in Long Island too. I go yeah. every year at least once. They do a big trade fair out there with the Long Island Board that's of Realtors, right. and uh, that's right. Man, and these are great people that I meet there. You know, I love that accent and I love how yep. friendly they are and yep. how direct they are. And it's just, you know, it, it really is counter to what um, – and I, I think a lot of it is bad training. I mean, it's, I don't know what they're, you know – Some of those instances, I look, some of the egregious shit, I'm sorry. There's no excuse. Yeah. Some of the stuff, you know, that they pointed out as like this is potentially a problem. You know, they're talking about things like school districts. Yeah. I'm like, I don't know that there's any evil intent. I don't know that there's like racist steering type of thing going on there, but it could be poor training. Yeah, I know. Um, and who knows? You know, but I mean, at this point, we don't know. What I can say is, I don't think this is close to the end. 
like the New York State Senate, you know, the Nassau County, you know, Suffolk County, like all these government people are now getting involved saying we're going to do an investigation. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. Right. I'm telling you what's coming next is I think everyone's going to jump on board this train because people are forgetting we're in an election year. You know, yeah. like 2020 is an election year and all it takes is Elizabeth Warren. You know, all it takes is, I don't know, you know, some presidential candidate to go on some debate or something and talk about, you know, we had this racism problem in Long Island and when I'm president, I'm going to do something about it. Now it's everywhere. Yeah, right. Right. So I, I really feel like we need to get ahead of this like quickly. And so far, I'm not that encouraged. I got to be honest. Like, it's not hard. And, and again, I don't know. Right. So if, if anybody listening is a CEO of a local association, state association, if you're Bob Goldberg, if you're listening, I want to know why isn't there a strong statement? Right, just saying this is completely unacceptable. Anybody found to be doing this because it's in violation of the code of ethics, it's a violation of the law, we are going to remove you. Right? That's I, I don't know how that leads to actual liability. Just to say this is completely unacceptable. Like we need that statement. And so far, I'm sorry, we just haven't seen as much of it. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, and if, unfortunately I think it's like it's the status of the country right now, too. I mean, it's, maybe you can you're going to have your people on one side. Well, due process, due process, right? But I'm saying you could do that without condemning any of the people. Do you know what I'm saying? There are 26 agents that were brought up as potential problems. I'm saying you can make a strong statement. We're investigating, but I want to let everybody know this is completely unacceptable, and we realtors, you know, will not stand for racial discrimination. Like, make that statement. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? Well, I I, I think I it's know. it's a great thing. A good thing. Yeah. Can you imagine if the policy number eight didn't pass and then this came up? I mean, that's, that's going to, that's going to, again, the way, uh, well, here's what I'm saying, Rob. Okay. As we start out with, a lot of the discussion started steering towards fair housing. I know. At the end, right? I know. So it wouldn't be such a leap. So they start pushing fair housing and they I are know. shut it down. And then you have this Newsday story that. That would have been a way worse narrative right. than what we have now. Here's the thing. So we could talk narrative. So let's bring it back to that issue, right? Because after all, we are not, you and I are not social political commentators. We are real estate commentators. Right. I don't think Ocho affects this in the least bit. I don't think this fair housing issue affects Ocho or office exclusives in the least bit. Because what does that mean? In other words, fair housing is a legal issue. That's a governmental problem. You violate Fair Housing Act. Like, you know, you lose your license, you know what I mean? You go, there's government penalties, right? Whether you belong to the MLS or not is completely material. The government's not going to make, they're not going to force you to join the MLS. The government's not going to force you to put your listings to the MLS. If anything, the government's like, well, it's an office exclusive. Do you know what I mean? So, yeah, I mean, the feedback that I heard, you know, from behind the scenes was that when the DOJ was coming and asking, one of the things that they were really, really concerned about was these private listings. Right. They wanted those to stop. Right. So I remember Brad Inman had put a thing out there saying, you know, this is not going to pass because NAR is worried about the DOJ and how that is going to look. My sources or what I was hearing was like, not on this. DOJ was happy to see these private listing networks being kind of like curtailed. Mm -hmm. Right. So – um I kind of disagree with you there on on whether or not the government gave a shit or not. And I think they did give a shit. I think this is this is something that was positive on that side. No, that, that's not what I'm saying. So I, I apologize. Here, what I'm saying is, let's just play this out. Let's say that Compass, Realogy, Remax, Keller Williams, and Home Services, basically like the five largest sort of national scale, EXP, right? Let's say they all go, you know what? We're going to do office exclusives. All our listings are office exclusive. Okay? So half of the inventory in the MLS goes away. There's this fair housing concern. You're the Department of Justice. What are you going to do about it? You're going to file. File what? You're going to do a CID. To, to, against who? Against those those offices. Right. So exactly. To, right. Who, are you, who do you want, not want to Correct. see these listings? So you go to these offices and you say, hey, listen, we want all this data. And let's say they come back to those offices and we think you're in violation of Fair Housing Act. Yeah. Okay. Now what? They prosecute. But it's, it's, there's, you know what I mean? Like, there's no prosecution, right? In other words, what you end up doing is, okay, you violated you, these agents, you know, this has a tendency to violate Fair Housing Act, therefore you have to stop it. Okay, stop it how? Well, you have to put it into the well, MLS. What, maybe one of the remedies is like the MLS, right? And my point is, I think that step right there, I think is a real problem. 
because there are 650 MLSs. So unless you say, you must put it into the MLS that covers this market. Dude, at that point, essentially what you were saying is that the MLS becomes a essentially a federal utility. Okay, here we go again. Do you know? Right. But yeah, like literally, no, no, it all come back to the no, no. It's, it, dude, I'm, I'm telling you, like that's that's a step that's a little far, right? As far as I, as I think you can go is something along the lines. You have to put it into some sort of multiple listing service. Here's a question. Okay, okay, Department of Justice, I put it on Zillow. Yeah, I know, I know where you're going. Okay, right. no, think about car insurance, right? You're required to have car insurance, right? Right. But it doesn't say you're required to have Geico. Right. I think. I think. Housing is way different from insurance, right? I mean, there's there's been a long, unfortunately, it keeps going, history in this country right. of discrimination right. in housing. So right. I think an insurance company is going to take you know anybody's fucking money. <laughs> what what I'm saying, Greg, is what I'm afraid of ultimately happens with that is that Department of Justice or the legislatures or the state legislatures, which is far more likely to me, right? So just think about New York <laughs> State, all those politicians, all those state legislators. Go, hey, you know what we need to do? We need to actually force these licensed agents in New York State to put all these listings into our database so that we can monitor, we can examine, and we can make sure there's no fair housing violation going on. So that's actually what I'm most afraid of. Not that they're going to say, you have to put it into the MLS. Because I'm not convinced that the Department of Justice or these government people think that the MLS is a wonderful thing, right? Because MLS is self-regulation. And if... We've seen, you know, in the past, like stuff coming out of Vancouver and Canada, for example, government officials, they're not necessarily fond no, of No, no, no. But in, in this case, I thought that if a remedy here, and, you know, maybe mm -hmm. you don't think the three or four moves after that, but if the, one of the things that happened because of Ocho, as you say, is that it's curtailing private networks, listing networks, DOJ is like, okay, That's I don't know awesome. how, you know, we can argue maybe later on, I'll, I'll decide this is right. not a good thing, but for right now... Right. I like this. Right. So I'm going to like, I, you know, let's, right. I'll, I'll put this up in a win column for me right now. That's right. Right. Okay. That's right. No. And that's how I felt about Ocho, right? It's like, look, this is a good step forward. Yeah. I'm not saying this was a terrible idea. The problem with Ocho is that giant gaping hole, that giant gaping hole is going to come back to haunt us. And when it does, if there's a fair housing concern with that and the government gets involved, I'm fairly certain that the end result is not going to be, let's strengthen the MLS. I'm fairly certain that the end result will be, you have to publicly like advertise it somewhere. I mean, it's you know you have to put it into Zillow, you have to put it into the HUD database, you have to put it somewhere, right? You know what I'm saying? And who the hell knows what happens between now and then? Because that's going to be at least a year or two out. What's far more likely, Greg, is some sort of state level legislation slash regulation, as we are seeing come out of New York State, to say, hey, in order to Stop racial steering by real estate agents. We're going to regulate the hell out. God, of it. it's just what a what a bad way to end the decade. On seriously, this, you know? speaking of which, yes, good transition. Like oh my god, I was wondering it. how we're going to transition to your main topic. So this is something. This is something I was thinking of. Like I've been thinking about writing on the blog, but last night we were kind of talking about what what, what we were thinking about yeah. writing here in yeah. December. And you had mentioned you're going to do your predictions again. That's right. My seven and predictions. I, yeah. And I thought, well, I was going to do this kind of decade in review. And we started talking. Yeah, I love about, it, man. And I thought, you know, this is a probably, I just like the banner we have. Yeah. We have a dinner about it. So yeah. um, so here's the kind of ground. Okay. Here. Okay. So I want to look back, you know, from 2010 to 2019, what particular events happened during that time frame that were really kind of the... I don't know if we come up with five, we come up with seven of 10 or three, right? But or, yeah, yeah, who knows? What What are those kind of defining, you know, touch points within organized real estate that made a big yeah. difference here? Right? And now so, define organized real estate for me, because I think I use it differently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would say yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm mostly in the residential place, right? Okay. And I think anything that kind of deals with, um, not commercial, right? Right. So that, but... um. You know, that deals with residential real estate agents, consumers through different models. So, okay. yes, the portals to me are in play. Right. right? Okay. So, definitely real estate portals are part of that kind of okay. organized real estate. Um, so, that, that's kind of my loose okay. thing there. All right. Because, right. yeah, when I say organized real estate, I always meant realtor associations, right. MLSs. We were saying basically any company, any institution in residential real estate. Yeah. Okay. So, I'm going to start off. Start off. This, this will be yeah, a little give bit self-serving and maybe- Cloud CMA launches. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, that was a landmark. Let me preference that, okay? So, first thing I was going to mention is that, remember, 2010, we're still kind of dealing with the after effects 
of the Great Recession. Oh, right? the, we were in the depths of it. Yeah, yeah, right. So, so you know, let's put that in. Let's yeah. put that in. Right now, again, you're going to laugh here, right? But when we launched Cloud CMA <laughs> in two thousand January two thousand ten, yeah, Thousand Watt put out an article called "The End of Crappy Real Estate Software." Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So what I want to say here for two thousand ten as a, as a kind of a whole thing is that really for the first time that I've been in this business, which has been since 1992, you began to start beginning to see real estate applications more on par. I mean, there's a whole thing there, the consumerization of enterprise software, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. you started seeing better quality real estate software applications okay. in this decade than you ever had before. And I think that's because they, okay. you know, there's the web and there's like, you know, the, the native apps for iPhone and, and those kind of things. So you began to see the quality of, I think, software and maybe more on the third party side begin to show up than had ever been before. Because we as a as a company have always just been about, you know, better designed software. But you know, that that is less becoming a one thing you kind of hang your hat on because there's a lot of companies out there that are doing a better job mm-hmm. than ever before. So I, I would just, that's a little bit self-serving, but I don't think it's self-serving. I want to, I want to put that out there as being, yeah. as I looked out there as like, you know, you could even put, I mean, I know, I know Zillow launched in the previous decade, right. but you know, that started giving, you know, realtors and other people some heads up on what, you know, good design was. Right. right. So you know what I'm that out there. You know what I'm trying. Yeah, you know, I I like it, man. I I didn't thought about that. That's a good one. Because you know what I'm trying to remember, because everything blurs together, right? I mean, yeah. I'm old as shit, and my memory sucks. So, like Zillow launched in like 2006, Six. 2007. Trulia launched like a couple months before them. Like software generally, right? It's hard to even remember what did Facebook look like, and you know, or pre iPhone, right? Pre iPhone, like iPhone was 2007, I think. Yeah, 2009 is when I started this comp- 70s when I went in, you know, went out. I mean, we had websites. I remember, you know, because I was managing coldwellbankcommercial.com. We had, you're, you're kind of right, you know. So, yeah, okay. So, last decade, real estate software, if you will, kind of what, what grows up? Yeah, I mean, started I think growing it was, up. I, th- I think so. Yeah, I think it was just becoming, um, yeah, I think it was becoming uh, a lot, you yeah. know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, more, it, it started like to match it. more the consumer side I like than it. anything. I like that was, I, you know what? If we want to call it uh, launch of Cloud CMA, I'm perfectly comfortable with that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, the only thing that made me think of that is that there was, if you, you can Google it, but that was the title of the article that um, a thousand want to put yeah. out. It's like the yeah. end of crappy real estate software. Yeah. So yeah. maybe it wasn't, what, what, what do they say? It's that it wasn't the, it was the end of the beginning or, or the beginning, beginning of the, of the end, end whatever the thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, that kind All of right. Thing, right. Okay. Um, so I'll go. Okay, yeah. uh, I'm going to say at least over the last 10 years and sort of similar, right? This phenomenon existed, I think, before 2010, but I think we've really seen it kind of come into its own in the last decade. And I'm going to say it's the rise and domination of agent teams. Yeah. Okay. Right. Um, so it, the way I look at agent teams is, you know, back in- like when I first started getting into blogging and, and real estate and all this stuff, you know, I remember, remember the Bloodhound blog? Yeah, of course. Yeah. You know, and uh, Greg, there were a couple of guys, yeah, talking about like the super teams and all this stuff. So I know this has been around for a while, but thing is, we didn't really see it have the kind of impact that's had in the last decade. I think it's pretty clear now to anybody that's got eyes, you know, that like the agent team is the dominant force in real estate. Which reminds me, like, I want to say, I think it was 2012. I remember going to this event, right? I was speaking. It's a wonderful little, like, strategic retreat with a whole bunch of brokers. I think it was for Coldwell Banker. So, a number of Coldwell Banker brokers sitting in a room. And I, I remember doing this presentation in 2012 talking about, look, I think the biggest strategic threat you guys have is not Zillow. <laughs> it's not, you know, Trulia. It's, none of the, it's the agent team. Yeah. And I remember all of the brokers in that room, some of them were very large, some of them were you know, some more small boutique, but all very, very successful men and women, all looking at me blankly going, what are you talking about? <laughs> and some of them were like, you know, we don't have any agent teams in my market. And, uh, yeah. you know, our company, we don't allow teams. And I'm like, yeah, good luck with that, you know? Yeah. And, and you know what that came with? Uh, you know, I think to give more credence to what you're yeah. talking about, you got to think about Zillow launching in 2016. And then it was 2006. almost- 2006, sorry. Yeah. And then they started kind of coming up there, started to get listings. That's right. Right. That kind of stuff. 
but still more of the Zestimate, Zestimate, Zestimate. But then when they started focusing on, okay, we got the, when they started focusing on the agent business model, they started to kind of sell these leads to all types of agents. And That's that right. kind of fell flat on face. And what did they start saying? We're only going to be looking for the super agents. That's right. And agent teams, That's right? right? So they started identifying that agent teams were a thing, right? That's right. So that was a lot of validation. Yeah. And then even now as you go down the road now in these past two years, you see a lot of like the, the companies that are Compass is targeting. Right. Are these teams are, you know, you read this and this team has right. moved over to Compass, right? That's right. Or this and this team have moved from Keller Williams over to EXP. That's right. So absolutely validation of right. that whole concept, the team concept really taking over and being a, a big deal. And that. look, let's give credit where credit is due. The way I look at it, the guy that really brought it to the industry is Gary Keller. Yeah. Right? Millionaire real estate agent. Yeah. And when that book was what, 2001? Like, it was a while back. Yeah. But I think there's no doubt in my mind that Gary Keller is- We put some blueprints together. Correct. Some processes correct. to correct. show that, right? So if you're an agent, if you're a top producing agent and you read that book, you had a blueprint like this is how yeah. I really generate the type of income and wealth and, and all that stuff. And it's like, I remember- He's the man for I remember back teams. in the day, it was always about, NAR put the studies out about like, have you hired an assistant? Mm-hmm. Are you staff or you have staff, right? So that's that, right. that that always used to be like four or five questions in the NAR study, you know, a survey of that's their right. members, right? And that kind of shifted. Then it's like, do you, do you, do you have a website? And, that's you right. Know, it's just been, there's always been these things, but I do remember having an assistant or a virtual assistant was a big thing. That's but right. That's kind of modified into like this team concept of that's like right. everybody has a role in that type that's of right. thing. That's right. right. No, so I think that would, that would be my, uh, my first. And, 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 and also just, yeah. I mean, this year, um, give credit to like MRED. Mm-hmm. They just introduced a way of tracking because, you know, who gets credit for that? Correct. For the transaction. And, Correct. And uh, Chris over there has done a great job of like uh, implementing some team-based listing input or, mm-hmm. you know, some mm-hmm. other things. Not, I'm not sure if the listing input, but ways of tracking like teams right. on an MLS system. So, and connect ML, you know, right. Dyna connections right. and things like that. So, that's cool. Okay. Right. Yours. Um, okay. Uh you know, I got to say, I think that the um, there's maybe two things here, but I'll say the retirement of Dale Stinton and Bob Goldberg becoming yep. the CEO yep. of NAR. And I know this is a topic we had talked about That's right. a few times of like, you didn't, eh, yeah, whatever, leadership doesn't matter. It's this No, we totally, what are you talking about? We totally agreed leadership matters. Okay. We well, fought we, over- we, we can go back. We fought over whether Bob was going to be transformational. Or yeah. Not. That's what we fought okay. over. Yeah. yeah. No, but there's no doubt. I mean, that is, yeah. Yeah. I'm with you there. Yeah. 100% one of the most important things happened in real estate. Yeah, because you saw a lot of things like, and I don't know if this is a separate thing, but you know, Bob really became really more focused on the partnerships level stuff with like reach, with uh, IOI, IOI yeah. thing. Yeah. He did their second one there and less on AMP, Upstream <laughs> and, and RPR, right? Yeah. So those kind of internal things got either defunded or- you know, stopped or kind of like, you know, not pushed down, but, you know, less, less emphasized. Right. Mm-hmm. And these other things um, where Bob's thing, I think is investing in the future and being a partner in that mm-hmm. have, have come to that. And then some staff changes, some organizational changes. So, I mean, yeah, transformational, totally. Maybe didn't get the cube logo, but um, I think so far it's been a way better. It's been a way different experience than before. Okay. So, I mean, I'm going to agree with you and then differ with you a little bit. I'm okay. going to agree that the transition was one of the biggest events because let's face it, Dale Stitton, for as long as I've been, you know, in the real estate industry was, was the king, mm-hmm. you know, for the longest time. And he had a particular style that I think really formed the culture, right, of realtor associated from NAR on down. So yeah, in that sense, Bob taking over was a major event in the last decade. Having said that, I think the jury's still out on whether this is truly transformational. Like, do you really feel like NAR's transformed? Well, you know, he's only he's only been there a few times, but I think, I mean, two years, right? Right. I mean, right. So that's why I said the jury's to, a little yeah, out. Yeah, sure, on that, sure, right, sure. But I think, but to me, it's looking good. Okay, but like I said, it's it doesn't feel like this isn't a hundred eighty degree change. You know, he's done some things. Right to your like you said, he's defunded RPR. You know, he's kind of moved things to a slightly different thing. But it's not like we could point to any one thing that I think Bob Goldberg has done in the first two years 
And granted, it's you know that's not an organization that's easy to change. We could point to oh look transformation. Yeah. Right. I mean, it's not like he said okay. The new NAR board of directors is going to be 22 people. Uh, he, you know, it wasn't like that, right? So we'll see. Uh, we'll see if he truly ends up being the type of transformational leader that you think he will be, that I'm somewhat skeptical, you know, whether he will be, only because he's been there for like 20 years already, right? So we'll see. But important event, I'm not sure it's okay, quite you're transformational. Ne- you're, you're next. Uh, I think we talked about this over our dinner thing. I'm going to say the uh, Keith Raboyce. When mm-hmm. he started Open Door is one of the biggest transformational, I'm going to use that word, <laughs> event in real estate in the last 10 years. Because, you know, they're the real pioneers. Right? Yeah. Open Door, the real pioneers of the whole iBuyer model, which everybody, you know, still has all sorts of misconceptions about. It's not house flipping. This is a whole new thing. Yeah. And, uh, you know, they've been doing it since 2014, I think is when they launched. Yeah, that's correct. But it really didn't get going, I think. So closely related. So I'm going to give credit to Open Door, but that whole iBuyer space, this whole thing, did not really get traction until Zillow jumped in. So if you will, it'll be a joint award: Open Door and Zillow, right? Like Open Door for identifying the opportunity. Well, basically, Open Door was a product manager for. Zillow. <laughs> I think Keith the analogy was the product manager. No, no, I, I, I think the Zillow offer. No, I think the way we talked about it yesterday was Open Door's Netscape. I mean, they're the real pioneers. They came out and they created this industry overnight. And Zillow's Microsoft, who saw Netscape and was at least smart enough to go, oh, oh crap, we have to change. We got to pivot. So like the uh, Bill Gates famous memo, right? The internet memo, what was that, 1993 or whatever? I kind of feel like it's like that where Zillow said, okay, you know what? We see the future. We're jumping into this with both feet. Whereas most companies haven't done that. Yeah, I I think we probably differ on like... I think it's really too early to declare a winner mm-hmm. in this thing, but um, it, it's balls moved by Zillow to um, enter in this space with as big a pivot yeah. as they have, yeah. changing CEOs, change marketing, uh, change everything. Greg yeah, Schwartz has left. I mean, it's just a yeah, you know, it's a brand new company. It's impressive and scary to watch, right? right. So right. they they've really put themselves into right. into a. A corner here, so it'll but be and, but Open Door is clearly without question the company that started the whole yeah, trend. Yeah. So I think they deserve. Well, no, the and credit. I think I mean yeah. in that strategy article, mm-hmm. which Rich Barton gave a interview to Ben Thompson. He, That's right. He basically agreed to that. Yeah, he's he like, it, he, yeah. this was an existential threat to them, <laughs> yeah. and he was not satisfied with not being the transformational uh, player in this space. That's and right. He, he thought Ben was right on that, and yeah. I thought that was really. Uh, Interesting to kind of like, because uh, I remember reading that too. I'm like, damn, dude. Yeah, yeah. He's making a good argument here, right? Uh, <laughs> yeah, so yeah. That's, that, that's mine. You're uh, next. Okay, so I, you know, I'm going to throw out there a lot of things. I'm going to throw out there, um, maybe it's all tied into like we're talking about Zillow or anything, but Zillow's acquisition of Trulia mm-hmm. in 2014. Mm-hmm. And basically that kind of thing that went around there with the end of what I would say the syndication conversation mm-hmm. uh, because that closely followed or was around with when they they stopped their agreement with list hub that's right oh my god so that's you can right wrap, yes if you wrap the trillo acquisition the defections of errol and kurt mm-hmm. and the lawsuit um, all of that drama. all that yeah, drama yeah, yeah, and yeah. then this whole thing of like every conference we went to is all about syndication syndication yeah. and zillow just said Fuck you! Right, we're gonna we're doing this ourselves, yeah. and 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 really just exerting their dominance in this whole thing. When Barton talks about like showing up to the potluck with a casserole mm-hmm. and just feeding yourself until you were big enough not to leave, <laughs> right? That that was them just saying, "I'm not going. We're not going anywhere. You're gonna have to deal with this, right?" Okay, um, okay. And that was just a couple gangster moves by stealing those guys over there. Then the drama. I mean, you had. You know, burner phones and mm-hmm. porn and, you know, <laughs> secret files. I mean, all of it, you know, complete bullshit, most of it, right? But the whole courtroom drama and then the $130 million settlement. Yeah. I mean, that 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 to me, th- those things, maybe not from the, you know, consumers would never see this stuff except for the nope. truly acquisition. But that to me was, that whole period was a very interesting time in real estate. Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah, no, as far I as in this I totally decade, forgot, right? I totally forgot the Zillow truly acquisition. That yeah. was a that's a big, big power move. No, you're absolutely right. And then List Hub, oh my God, I totally yeah, remember forgot. that. I mean, 
Where totally they just said, forgot. And they, you know, they went, they had to go to every MLS and get an agreement. There, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they pulled it off, man. It of was, course, yeah. yeah. But you know, it's like, what's kind of weird is we think about it, right? So you're right. It wasn't that long ago where List Hub was like one of the major tech yeah. companies in our space. Yeah. Where are they now? Yeah. It's I mean, tougher. You know, they're, they're part of Realtor.com. but different like, now. Nobody's talking about List Hub anymore. Nobody's talking about Point Two. Right? Nobody's talking about those because yeah, that's remember every every conference is, was syndication. Yeah, yeah. the syndication. I mean, yeah, yeah, just, yeah, yeah. I, I did a panel once where I said, okay, if, if you if you say the word <laughs> syndication, you got to take a shot. I didn't know I had two alcoholics on my stage, but I remember that yeah, panel. Yeah. That was one. That was not one of my better moments, dude. <laughs> All right, you, you're next. Oh, man. man. I'm going to go with, God, last 10 years. 100%? I think yeah, good. yeah. I think it's it's very similar to the agent team thing. Because, again, these guys have been around for longer, right? But, again, I feel like guys like Realty One Group. So, what's that? I mean, just so, to, you know, so we're talking about the 100% commission of- transaction fee only brokerages, right? Okay. So, you know, because Remax, to your point, was – Initially, hundred yeah. percent. You know, they switched the model to be agent centric, basically. Yeah, yeah. But you know, their model is based around monthly desk fees, which are really high, and, and they kept it high, and they still keep it high, kind of on purpose, so they only attract the best and most productive agents. The whole thing. I feel like the the current generation of the hundred percent guys. So again, the Realty One Group, Home Smart, JP and Associates down in Texas. Fathom Realty, um, the guys out of Nashville, you know, uh, Benchmark Realty out of Nashville, Charles Rutenberg in New York and Florida. I mean, there are, yeah, and there are dozens and dozens of these guys. I think that phenomenon really hit in the last decade, right? Again, like it's like it went from – so the way I kind of think about it is because when we started, you know, 2010, I had just left – Home Smart's really, in there too. Right? Home Smart, yeah. right, out of Phoenix. Um yeah, there are, there are dozens of – like, I remember when I was leaving Realogy, like, the discussion in the boardrooms, if you within our circles was we were all concerned about Keller Williams, right? Because it's the cap model, right? The, yeah. So, the cost composition from cap. I don't know that any of us were really thinking about the 100% guys, right? And a lot of the thinking, I think, in those earlier years was like, well, you get what you pay for. I mean, how could they afford anything? You know they're giving away the, the they're giving away the store, so clearly they're not going to have the type of oversight, the training, the technology, blah 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 blah. Well, you know here we are ten years later, and it's pretty effing clear that those guys are killing it. You know they're killing it. They're offering great training. They're offering great technology solutions, or at least a platform, right? Uh, and that really, to me, you could coincide that with the concepts because in order to do this correctly, and you start to see this now with. The iBuyer stuff where mm-hmm. – and I think Mike Delpreet – Delpreet? Yeah, Delpreet yeah. says this pretty well where the first phase of Open Door mm-hmm. – I'm, I'm going to tie this in at the end here. So is will the dogs eat it? Right. Right. Will consumers like this situation? Right. They prove that out. Now they have to prove can I make money on there? Right. And the money becomes the ancillary services, right? So this whole rise this 100% transaction agents mm-hmm. really, really depends upon the success. Right. Is that they can do this one-stop shop, which you keep hearing about. So, I think so, dude. No, 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 no. So here's here's the crazy thing. I've actually had the opportunity to look at some of the financials of 100% companies. And you know what? Their net margins are not that different than traditional models. That's the craziest thing. Where are they it. making the money then? The transaction fees. Yeah, okay. You know what I mean? Yeah, but I mean, to me, you can't tell me that they're not also thinking that if they yeah, can, yeah, yeah. But it's exactly like traditionals, right? Yeah. So we have a traditional 70-30 split but, based but company. But that, that's where the context yeah. I'm saying is that somebody told me this and I thought it was really smart where this first ways of disruption or whatever you want to call it yeah. are all based on the front end. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. Now you're seeing, and I wish I could remember the name of these uh, companies, but now you're starting to see the next thing in disruption is not going to be on the front end. It's on the back end. It's on yeah. the back end. Yeah. Right? So yeah. these are the... Those integrated title and mortgage services. That's these right. are, you know, and you start seeing these. There's a lot of little startups that just got some funding. And again, I wish I could remember the names of them. Right. Um, but recently, they're all on back end shit, dude. That's right. So I, that's where I, I think, you know, this, uh, this hundred percent. I think is. I mean, I know what you're saying, but it's part of this conversation of that next wave of back end disruption. Okay. All I'm saying is that the hundred percent guys. I think most of them don't think in those terms. In other words, they're not thinking that we're going to lose money 
right? Like this is just a loss leader. They're actually saying this makes as much money, if not more, with less headache than a traditional model, right? So I interviewed uh, Wendy Forsythe when she was still at HomeSmart, Home yeah, for this red dot that I wrote, 100% guys. And one of the things that she said was really amazing to me. She's like, I'm not afraid to talk to any of my agents, right? Because when you're typically in the management position of brokerage, and Sonny knows this, so she used to tell me this all the time, like especially right around this time of year. So some of our listeners are probably going through this. Like they the agent she, walks in the door. She doesn't like, want to oh, answer. Fuck. Right, she doesn't want to answer the yeah. phone from any agent because yeah. you know she's like, oh, we're going to renegotiate my split. Yeah, I'm leaving. Whereas Wendy's like, I don't care. Like if you want to leave, leave because right. you're only worth you know whatever two hundred fifty dollars per transaction to me. There's no renegotiation of the commission because. You get all, you get it all. Like, what, what more do you want? Right. right. So, a lot of those guys, I think, what what's happening again is they're finding that they're profitable, and they have a workable business model using hundred percent transaction fee only, and then they're going, hey, you know what? If I add an ancillary service to this, do you know what I mean now I make even more money? Yeah. But the impact, really, like I said, over the last decade, right? And we're starting to see it. I think we're not quite there yet. So maybe this is more of a we'll, – we'll really start to see this in the next decade. Because I, I feel like if you – even today, if you walk into you know the corporate offices at Realogy or at, at Home Services, I don't know that they're really thinking about HomeSmart. I think they're still thinking about EXP and Keller Williams and Compass. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I'm saying, though, yeah. if you just look at it from where I sit, I look at it and go, the 100% guys are far more of a threat. Than EXP will ever be, right? Unless EXP converts to 100% model, right? Because our business model is just fundamentally better. And if those guys start launching the ancillary services and all of that, then you have competition around that and it gets all hazy. But from a last decade, most important things, I'm going to throw, throw that into the ring. Right. All right. Okay. So from next for me. <laughs> so I, there's a few things here, but, yeah. and we talked about one of them, but I want to like, Wrap it into one kind of t- okay. one subject okay. or one title, and I would just say consolidation. Okay. 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 So, you know, Zillow and Trulia, of course, there's, there's some consolidation there, but I look at what uh, the Vista Ec- Private Equity Fund is doing okay. with the acquisition of Lone Wolf. Yep. And then Instanet. Yep. And then they bought the form solution, Zip Forms. Right. Right. So that consolidation of forms there is nobody saw that coming. NAR and CAR kind of relinquishing that into, and it now it's under really one umbrella there. Yeah. And to me, that's hats off to Instant because those guys, even with NAR providing that stuff free, they were still kicking ass. Right. And they kind of forced that in there. So this whole kind of lone wolf Vista kind of um, consolidation is interesting. You know, you could say that, tr- you know, Zillow buying Trulia and, and yeah. those kind of things. Now you look at, you know, uh, Moxie work got acquired. They just all under the same umbrella. Uh, they bought Improv. Yep, that that yep. kind, of, kind of consolidation is coming. You're seeing a lot of um, these kind of third-party software companies being bought, yeah, right, around yeah. me, everybody. But it seems like uh, WNR Studios <laughs> is being bought by somebody. Are, um, are, are, you, are you up for sale, Greg? Hey, you? you know, <laughs> give me a call, man. If everybody has a number. <laughs> um, you heard it here first. Yeah, right. And I, I don't know, maybe this is probably a separate thing, but just that goes back to this influx of capital mm. that's coming in this business right now. So that kind of capital is going to like, is going to want consolidation, right? They're going to go in here and kind of look, look into that. So maybe it's, maybe it's, maybe it's consolidation, maybe it's influx of capital, but, but just that whole thing that's happening in real estate right now is, is happening a lot. And I think it's going to continue to happen as we, as we go into the next decade. So I'm not going to put this in as my topic, but it's closer to what you just said, Greg. So this is more of a question. The rise of Compass. Right. And the practice of essentially buying agents and agent teams. No, okay. That's good. I want to say up until September of this year, I would have said, I would have named that as one of the big trends, right? One of the big things that happened. I don't know if that's true anymore because it looks like Compass has stopped doing that. And it looks like a lot of that was based upon SoftBank and Vision Fund, which at this point has to be a laughing stock of Wall Street, right? Yeah. I mean, what do you, do you do you think that ends up being an important well, thing? Well, I forget. I remember, I forget who made the snide remark, but it <clears throat> did ring true a little bit. It's like, uh, and, the, and the quote was like, Compass should, if, the, if Compass is a technology company, they should right. spend money on technology, not on buying agents. Right, right. right. Which was, yeah, I forget who said that, but I thought, oh man, that, that, that had to sting a little bit, right? Sure. 
But yeah, but but again, but I'm saying the practice of essentially signing bonuses and essentially quote buying agents is that now here to stay? I guess is what I'm wondering. I, th- I think that's been happening. You know, it happens all the time in real estate. They just cranked it up a notch. Is it right? Of course. Okay. Yeah, I mean, because I before they, Compass, I never heard of a signing. Oh, bonus. what are you talking about? I mean, people like uh, to get a, a big agent to leave. I'm sure you know whether it was it was some sort. Of, maybe maybe it wasn't just signing bonuses like just straight up cash, but right. there was always incentives to move. Right, right. right? So you might have get the corner office. You might. I mean, whether right. that's like a check, no. But there's always been ways that agents have been recruited by other brokerages, right? So right. that practice will continue to go, will still continue, right? Okay. Absolutely. It has been there all the time. Compass just had all that SoftBank money to right. really, to really, you know, kick it up a notch, right? And that's the thing. So maybe it's just that one thing, this notion of signing bonuses. I just wonder if that is a permanent fixture going forward. Or was it just a blip in the, you know, hey, back when Compass was around, they used to do this, but, you know, now... Well, I mean, I you know, know, they had their own, they had their 2020-20 strategy, right? Right. So, um, you know, they first started just doing agents and right. then they just started buying brokerages. Right. 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 So, um, they had the cash to do it. The right. the brokers were, you know, those some of those brokers with uh, older board of directors and owners were, right. you know, happy to see, you know, somebody with a big check like that to right. come in there. Um, that doesn't mean that acquisitions aren't happening in other places. I mean, Berkshire Hathaway yeah. Home Services yeah. has been acquiring. Yeah, Howard uh, Hanna has been acquiring. Howard Hanna has been acquiring Home Smart. Yeah, just bought a. They just did a big acquisition. Uh, Six hundred fifty yeah. agents, uh, yep. you know, thing. Um, yep. You see a lot of teams moving over to EXP. Yeah, right. So they're in a sense, you know, I don't know if they want to call that acquiring, but well, they're not acquiring, but they're saying we have a much better vibe. So it's typical recruiting, but I, right, again, and then and then, but then you know, Keller Williams just announced their best quarter ever, even though right. they're, I mean, it's, they're not public, so. We, we, I don't know. We can all take it was that just a question. I don't know that I'm going to put that right kind of in there. And I'm kind of run now, but you know, there's one other, one last thing I'm going to say. And this is just, I don't know where to put this because I don't know that this is real estate specific, but it's what, you know, because I'm in the industry, it's what I have seen. But I'm going to say it's the introduction and truly mainstreaming of digital signatures. Yeah, sure. Right? Because when the decade started, you know, like, it wasn't. It was kind of a an idea, maybe, but it wasn't really a thing. I don't feel like, you know, like people didn't consist like routinely say just DocuSign that to me. There were some real questions as to whether. Yeah, now it's everything. Now I'm it's doing. everything. Everywhere. Yeah, I'm now signing. I'm right. signing data license agreements that right, way. Reds right, agreements. I'm right. signing. You know, all all sorts of things that right. way, and that's just. I think that just pairs into normal consumers with. Uh, and that's what like, that's kind of what I'm getting. So it's it's like DocuSign. They went public. I mean, you know, like there was a huge amount of thing, and I think that might have been kind of the start of it. But then you have you know all these like mainstream tech companies now really get involved with it, right? The Adobe. You know, yeah. has a, a e-signature thing. And well, I've had one for a while. Yeah. But, so yeah. now it's a matter of sort of government and some of these other older, you know, institutions saying, okay, well, you know, we will accept e-signatures. Like banks still aren't going to accept e-signatures. But, you know, we're not getting to a point. Like just yesterday, you know, I, I was thinking about this. I went, I paid for my meal, right? And, you know, they have that new iPad looking yeah, you cash register. Yeah, thing. Sw- and, right, they just, right. And then you just sign with your finger. And and does that one have the tip on it, like tip? Yeah, 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 yeah. What the fuck with that? I mean, come on, man. You know, so there's there's all of that. So I feel like just general consumer behavior is not really adapting to this notion of e-signatures. And I think that is, to me, is one of the biggest trends because that's what makes digital transactions possible, right? Can you imagine like iBuyer or all, any of this crap? It's like, okay, request an offer and we're going to FedEx a package to you and you have to sign this paper and then FedEx, like, it'll never happen. Yeah. You know? So there's a lot of that. So that's my last one. All right. So I don't know, man. I mean, let me think. <laughs> last year, what else was? The Let's face it. We have a little thing. bit of recency. Oh, I got one more. Okay, I got one all more. Right, all right. All right. One of the biggest things I think is when NAR decided to fund RPR and AMP. Back in, was it 2016, 14, 16? I don't remember. God, whenever it was. Wait, the second time or the first time, right? Well, upstream. I'm sorry. And, and upstream. Upstream. Okay. Yeah. So when NAR decided to fund RPR the first time, I want to say that was like 2012, maybe. Okay. Right? Look it up. I'm looking it up. Go ahead. Yeah. Keep going. I think that is one of the biggest things that happened in the last 10 years. 
because for what I remember is before that happened, right? The MLSs were looking at Zillow, Trulia, these guys as potential rivals and enemies. After that happened, I very clearly remember MLS is saying, you know what? Zillow might be our best friend. It's no longer NAR. And I think the data licensing deals that you're talking about, where Zillow matched go out and get all these licenses and all this stuff, a lot of that coincided with like Errol Samuelson going over, all of that, right? But I think that might have been one of the hidden events that kind of tipped the MLSs over to be much more open to Zillow. Without that, I'm not sure that ever happens. Yeah, so the additional funding <clears throat> of $9 million happened in 2017. But right. it, well, I, I the original now. The original was, was before that, but I think you're right. It was within this decade. Yeah. What I'll say to that is that, and I think this was before that, the problem there, it really started with RPR. That's when, what I mean. When, yeah. when RPR, when they launched RPR and they had this big brouhaha that they – I mean, they were going to say it was going to be self-funded because they're going to sell yep. this data to Wall Street. Yep. But the oldest business plans in this business that always never materialize works. or yeah. works. <laughs> but that they were um, they were not going to share any of those revenues with the MLSs. That's right. And that just that set them on a path with the MLSs that was you know not a good path. And they kept making the same mistake over and over again. And that, that's a shame. There's a, I mean, there's a lot of good people over at RPR. I know yeah, a lot of them. Yeah, absolutely. There's you know, agents that, that use that tool. So yeah. that's a good thing. Yeah. It's just, you know, it's all about that. The execution of that sh- should have been a lot better yeah. uh, on that. And again, what I remember is when that thing came out, because that predates my involvement in real estate. Mm-hmm. So a lot of folks were talking, yeah, but this RPR concept came out of a PAG, right, presidential advisory group yeah. that was looking to a national MLS. Yeah. And, you know, no matter how often people deny this is not a national MLS, it's not a national MLS, like just about every local MLS CEO and board member I spoke to back around then was like, well, that's a national MLS. So NAR is trying to stab us yeah. in the back. So guess what? We're going to have to go find somebody else to be our friend. Yeah. So I think that was one of the bigger well, It was just events. Zillow was treating MLSs better than NAR that, was. That's exactly what just, happened. You know, right. Yeah. And But until that moment, until NAR did RPR, I don't remember the MLS as being open to Zillow's overtures right. as much as they became immediately after. It's like, you know what? I will take that phone call from Errol Samuels. You know what I mean? Like right, right. it was it I feel like the mood changed. Yeah. Uh, and it's one of those things I think people outside the industry have absolutely no reason to know anything about. But it's it's one of these hidden secret histories of real estate the last 10 years. Yeah, yeah. That's my that's my last No, I like it. <laughs> All right. Well, we're getting up here. Um, I just want to say it's been a great year here. It has um, been. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah. Happy Hanukkah. Uh, Festivus. Festivus. Everything else uh, out everything. there. That's right. want to say, you know, happy Christmas to all our listeners out there and thanks right. for your support. And I'm sure you can, in the comments, kind of comment whether or not we missed something. I'm sure we did. Absolutely. And we're just going to go, oh my God, how come I didn't think of that? Yep. But, um, because we're old and our memories are failing. Yeah. So we're, we're, we're way more interested in these weird things than anybody else. But, but hey, uh, thank you, everybody. Yeah, happy holidays to everybody. And I hope uh, everybody's, you and your families That's do right. well. And uh, thank you for the support again for listening to us. That's right, Greg. And uh, thank you for coming to see me today in Henderson. And uh, I think we should do this. It's much more pleasant in person. And thank you for your friendship and for your leadership in producing this podcast. It's always a pleasure, my thank man. Thank you for your friendship too, All right. Bob. Yeah. All right. Thanks, everybody. Have a good one.